When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, from the get-go when I got drafted, I mean, that was one of my main goals is to debut with the team that drafted me and, I mean, play my whole career there. Um, I mean, they've, from the get-go since I got drafted, fans have always showed me love and, um, I mean, the players here I've always um, had good relationships with, so um, what a what a place to be able to stay in play out most of my career so good morning and welcome to the pirates podcast to be named later here on the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network i am alex stumpf right before that was cabrian hayes the newest member of a club that there are 30 players on the people who have received the largest contract in a franchise's history Hayes got it on Thursday, still needs to be officially signed. The Pirates are going to announce it on Tuesday. Eight years, $70 million, $10 million more than what they gave Jason Kendall back in the year 2000. What what were you doing in Y2K, November? It's been a minute. It's been a minute since the Pirates have signed a record-setting contract. And they gave it to the right guy. And I say that not as a slight to some outstanding players who have gone through this system. Whether it's Kutch or Marte or or anyone like that, or anyone currently in that locker room, a.k.a. Brian Reynolds. I don't think there'd be anyone who would be very disappointed if Hayes has that record just for a little bit. And Brian Reynolds signs the newest largest contract in franchise history. For now, though, it's Hayes. And the Pirates are... They're betting big on the right guy. And we're going to get into the baseball side of it here in a little bit. But I want to start off with with that quote that Dayon asked key right right you know as this news was starting to break in st louis and he says you know was this important for you to be that guy and hayes is like yeah it was i i didn't want to you know (laughs) be that type of guy who left a couple years in he wanted to spend most of his career with the team that drafted him and this contract ensures that he just sold 
the prime of his career, more or less, to the Pirates. And could he have gotten more than $70 million? Yeah, absolutely, if he would have played out his option. But then we saw what else happened on Thursday where he has that cramp and out of precaution, he's taken out of the game and it, it doesn't look like it's anything serious, which is a good thing. But, you know, that, that injury history, that, that's why you don't fault these young players who take the guaranteed money you know, right out of the gate. Now, Hayes does come from a baseball family. He's never had to go hungry in, in that regard. But $70 million is a lot to turn down whenever you're in his position at, at this career. He could still get paid, you know, second time through once this contract's up. He'd be 33 or so whenever that happens, so it's not unreasonable. That's important, though. And it's something the Pirates absolutely got right with McCutcheon whenever they gave him his long-term extension. Whenever they bet on him, they're like, this is going to be a face, a cornerstone of this rebuild of this next competitive Pirates team. It's because Hayes wants to be here. The Pirates, we could talk about, you know, good clubhouse guys and leaders and whatever. And Hayes is taking steps to be more of a leader. But he's definitely the type of guy that you want in that clubhouse. He's definitely that type of guy that you want around these young prospects. They, he's someone they can rally around. It's someone who is just a damn good baseball player and a good guy. I, there's, we can talk about character and how important it is. Hayes passes all those tests. It's why I, I really roll my eyes whenever... You know, I put out in reporting that Hayes has the cramp, he gets into the hot tub, he feels better, and people are like, oh, well, he just needed to go in the hot tub. Boy, he doesn't have a commitment. Like, you guys couldn't be further from the truth with, with Hayes. Like, that that ain't him. He's not the type of guy who gets paid and is like, ah, oh, well, I'm good. I mean, we just saw more or less a whole year of him playing whenever he wasn't 100% because it was grinding at him it was really hurting him that he wasn't out there to help the team because of that wrist injury that feels fine by the way the, the injury had on uh, Thursday had nothing to do with that Hayes is a good guy in terms of being a guy to to really make a face to really make someone that you can build around but as a baseball player, he's also like a, a perfect candidate because we saw what happened last year. He didn't hit particularly well, and the risk contributed to some of that. Some of that was also approach. I've put in mound vision in the past that this contact point is deep. That's something that's going to need to have to change if he wants to really become a big-time hitter. He can't always be driving the ball to right, center, and right. He's going to have to pull a couple fly balls. If he doesn't, he's never going to really tap into the that home run power that we got a little taste of in September 2020. But even if that doesn't happen, and if even the, the injuries, you know, keep him off the field and limit to him limit him to 100 games. I mean, we saw it last year. 96 games played, didn't hit that well. What was his WAR? 2.4. His defense is that insanely good that he was still 
taken the amount of time he played, one win above the average baseball player. We we had a long list of why this wasn't, you know, a good year for him. And you would think, okay, young kid, you know, probably close to replacement level. No, his defense makes his floor so high that the worst you're going to get out of him, assuming he can be upright for, you know, even 100 games, is about two and a half wins. That's really good for a floor. That's outrageously good for a floor. And with the high floor comes a high ceiling because if Hayes can hit and we know that he can we saw him in September 2020 I know that was a month I know that was a month and and we're talking about 162 games here but that month he can do it he can drive the ball he hits line drives the problem isn't exit velo or anything or launch angle or anything he has good approaches he hits the ball well he can line it it's just straightening it out a little more and pulling it a little more that's really the only part of it that needs to happen if he does that pirates basically have matt chapman locked up for eight years plus an option for another how much better or how much easier will this rebuild be for the pirates if they had basically Matt Chapman at third base. That's what Key is. His worst case scenario is being the type of guy who will give you a win or two more than the average baseball player, which for the Pirates, $70 million is a little steep, but it's not unreasonable. It's definitely, you know, better than what they would have gotten on the open market for that money. And again, that's $70 million over eight years. So the last couple of years, we don't have a breakdown of how the money goes yet. Have to assume that it's going to be creeping up probably close to 20 towards the end of that whenever we're talking about buying out free agent years. And, you know, still pre-arb, so I don't imagine there'll be that much these next couple years. It's going to be very unbalanced. Just keep that in mind whenever you see how that deal's breaking up because you do have to take arbitration years into account. But whenever you take that, what the Pirates are getting value-wise there, the worst-case scenario is basically it's only an okay deal. And the best-case scenario is you have an all-star, someone really locked up for the long-term on what could end up being the largest but also one of the most team-friendly contracts. you know, franchise history. It could be both. The McCutcheon deal was the second largest before before Hayes, and is anyone going to say that wasn't you know one of the greatest contracts for the franchise in its history? I mean, not great for McCutcheon, but in terms of they got to keep him for extra years, and then they were able to train him for Brian Reynolds. That turned out pretty good. We talk about in the past about Brian Reynolds' trained rumors and how it's it's not going to happen right now. Don't buy into any of that. But whenever you trade a Marte, whenever you trade a Stallings, you, you keep kicking the can down the road a little bit. And was Stallings going to be part of the next big competitive Pirates team? Probably not. But this way you keep kicking the can down the road. If you trade a Reynolds, 
all of a sudden that window of maybe they could do something in 2023 becomes, okay, that's a pretty firm 2024. At which case, what happens with Hayes if this deal isn't done? Does he maybe get on that trade block? Not anymore. It's done. There is, I'm stealing day on slot here. There's a, there's a flag that is planted right there. Not just kicking the can down, being perennially two years away from competing, depending on what's going on in the farm system. Pirates have their guy. They have their anchor in the infield. And whether it's Cruz or Peguero or Gonzalez, there are some pretty darn good options to join him in that infield in the very near future. This is a good deal for him. Congratulations to Keeper on Hayes. That's that's what you want from a young man. You have to be happy for him that he got the deal that took three years of negotiating more or less to get done, to get to a point where they both felt satisfied with it. It's good for him. It's good for the organization. It's good for the fans. Thursday was a rough day in terms of like on-field baseball product, but hey, that flag has been planted. Or a flag has been planted. There's more to go. It's a good first one. Whenever we come back, talk about Saturday's start. I haven't really been the dude everyone wants me to be. It's fine. It put me on this journey, and this is where it's taken me. I'm ready to roll with what I've got now. Mitch Keller said that to me in Bradenton, Florida, shortly before the regular season got started. I have it up as a big long form here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Check it out. I mean, I I love writing the in-depth stuff whenever you, I have something like that that I can just really sink my teeth into. And that, that was definitely great. And Keller was, you know, very open and outstanding talking about confidence and, you know, making baseball fun and the pressure that he was putting on himself. It was, it was a very... It's great whenever you get back into clubhouses after two years and you can have a candid conversation like that in person where they say something you can follow up with something back and not everything's done through Zoom and you have to be courteous to other reporters who also have other things they want to ask and other stories. like That That was just a great story to write. I was so happy with how that turned out. I would recommend reading. And I addressed it at the end of it. But there is one elephant that, you know, needs to be brought up with Mitch. And it's, we all saw the bullpens on social media and how great they were. And we saw saw him in spring training and how effective he was. But there's always that one qualifier. And you know where I'm going with this? It's do it in the regular season now. He hasn't been presented that opportunity until right now. Keller's finally going to be starting in the regular season. And and depending on when you listen to this Saturday, you might actually know 
how that first start went. Though I'm basically where the Pirates are, I don't imagine it's got to be much longer than four or five innings regardless, so maybe it's four shutout innings, maybe it's four innings and and six runs allowed, and if it's the latter, I'm sure there's going to be like, oh, it's the same old Mitch Keller, but it's not. It's not. And maybe everyone's still stretched out here. I really don't put a ton of stock in this first start in terms of what like the actual results are. I put stock in how does he move on the mound? Is the stuff still where it was in spring training? Now that it's a completely different environment. It's one thing to do it in a silent you know, baseball facility. It's another to do it in spring training. It's another to do it in Bush Stadium on that opening series. If he can do that last one, even if a couple hits don't go his way or he has trouble locating a breaking pitch or whatever, you know, baseball cliche we want to go with that, it's does he show up and perform? Because that's what the Pirates need from Mitch Keller more than anything else. They need that more than they actually need, you know, a good first start. They just need him to show up and reintroduce himself to all of Major League Baseball. That the Mitch Keller from last year, who was throwing 92-93, and the breaking stuff wasn't getting as much spin and it was being hit harder. It's like, no, that Mitch Keller is gone. Here's the guy who was once ranked the number 12 prospect in baseball, and he is here to mess things up. And I think he can be. You you guys heard the podcast last week whenever I casually said to Jay Krause, like, I, I think he could actually you know, compete for an all-star game this year. And that is 100%. I, I'm, I admit, I'm kind of a, a slave to stuff whenever it comes to pitchers. Whenever a pitcher has good stuff, you know, my my ears perk up and it's like, ooh, mountain visit. And <laughs> let's see how we can use this great stuff. And... Hey, I get that, but Keller didn't have this stuff last year. And I, I really chronicled all of last year that I thought it was more a stuff problem. And yes, there was some talk about the confidence and, you know, the pressure on itself. And parts, part of that's in that story. And part of it, he talks about it. Part of it is what other people around him talk about where, yeah, he definitely is a whole lot more confident now. There's no way of you know denying that, but I, I felt like the problem with the confidence was he could throw upper nineties and he was throwing ninety two ninety three. I think that's where the main crux of any argument of that it was you know a confidence problem comes from that he wasn't pitching like he knew he could pitch and now he is because we didn't talk about confidence problems at all. For 2019, Mitch Keller. Whenever he was giving up all those hits, but the stuff was playing. I mean, he he was getting babbipped to absolute, the absolute depths of baseball hell. But, you know, he was really doing what you want to see from a young pitcher of attack the zones, don't give up walks. If they hit a fastball, they hit a fastball. They'll eventually, you know, start to go your way. Except this time it didn't. <laughs> you know, in 2019, whatever, flush it. It's, it's just a year. You can't flush 2022 though. This is the big year for him. I think it could be a very good year for him. 
And actually, I, I kind of expect it to be. Maybe I'm being extremely way too bullish with, you know, thinking that he could compete for an all-star, you know, appearance. Actually, I probably am being way too bullish. I'll, I'll, I'll go a little step further here because I, I say that and I think I even said last week, like, ah, oh, it's about 5% and here I am presenting it again. But anyone going into the year 5%, you know, odds for all-star game, whenever you had an ERA over 7 at the midway point of the season and you were pitching in AAA, that is almost ridiculous, except his turnaround has been completely ridiculous. This is the Mitch Keller that we thought we were going to see in 2020 and 2021. I get the intent behind the arm action change. And there were some things that they identified that it did accomplish. The spin efficiency did go up. They got a little bit of extra vertical break to go with his natural cut. It wasn't worth the change in velocity for him not being able to just go out and be athletic on the mound. That's what's most important for Mitch Keller. That's what Devin Hayes, the person who worked with him in Tread, said was most important. Just go out there, be athletic, and trust you're going to hit your you know, your motions, your, your follow-throughs, where you're supposed to land. You're going to hit all those because you're athletic, not because you're being very deliberate in your motion. And that's what's going to be important for Mitch Keller. I don't care about the results on Saturday that much. What I care about is how does the stuff play? How does he attack hitters? And if he's just off the plate with breaking pitches or maybe he hangs one that gets clobbered for a home run or something and it messes up a shortened line and people are going to say, oh, it's not great. Or maybe it's the other way. And he, you know, goes those five shutout innings like, wow, it really is Mitch. But if it was like last year, whenever he would have those occasional really good starts, I, I can't, you know, I can't get into that. Let the stuff play. Let it eat. I think he can do it if he does. I have a strong suspicion that a lot of things are just going to work out for Mitch from there. Whenever we come back, one final baseball thought. Welcome back to the Pirates podcast to be named later. One last segment. It's the start of the regular season. You guys didn't ask for it. It's probably going to bite me on the butt at the end of the year. But here we go. The predictions for the 2022 baseball season. The American League East goes to the Toronto Blue Jays. The American League Central still goes to the White Sox, even though the Tigers and maybe even the Guardians show a little bit of teeth. And oh yeah, I guess the Twinkies. I'm not picking them again this year. They burned me bad last year with my uh, World Series pick. So, yeah. The West goes to the Mariners. This is the year those prospects start to break out. I think they are the team to beat out there. Don't feel too bad for the Astros because they do get a wild card, as do the Rays and the Yankees. I'm not exactly sure if it's going to be Yankees or Red Sox getting that sixth seed, but it's definitely going to be one of them. And the National League, I have the. Uh, 
not the Phillies, the uh, the Braves repeating. I don't have the Phillies in the playoffs. I have the Braves repeating in the National League East. In the Central, it's the Brewers. In the West, it's the Dodgers. The wild cards go to the Giants. Goes to the Cardinals because I'm. It's it's a weak division. They just bully on them. And the sixth and final seed goes to the Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins, whatever. I'm calling them Florida. The Mets don't make it. Phillies don't make it. There's a whole lot of people wondering what is happening in the NL East. The Marlins are a sleeper team. They had that great young pitching, and they got the absolute right catcher for the job to shepherd them in, in Jacob Stallings. And in the World Series, I have the Toronto Blue Jays losing two. The Milwaukee Brewers. These are all going to look terrible at the end of the year. So, roast me. Roast me. Who do you guys got winning anything this next year? Be sure to let me know in the comments. And be sure to subscribe so you can get all the podcasts we have here to offer on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast. My name is Alex Stone. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.